morning. Well, I'm excited about that stuff. How about you guys? A lot of good stuff going on. Ken, thanks for that, that update. That was fantastic. We, we kind of gave a little brief one uh, update back kind of more towards that store, but it was good to hear kind of a fuller picture um, of some of the details and some of the people that you guys have been a part of uh, touching their lives. Um, so it was good to be, uh, it's good to be back now. Uh, Pastor Cheryl and I were gone last week. We were down in Jacksonville, Florida. I know um, sadness, I can feel it from you guys about just the sympathy for that. But um, we were able to be down there with other colleagues in ministry uh, from the covenant. We have a pastor's gathering called Midwinter every year. And uh, so we tried to soak in as much of the teaching and kind of get the, the feel of uh, what that was about, but also the warmth before we came back and uh, uh, did okay with the warmth. We'll see how we did with the teaching. Um, I'm excited about our gathering tonight. Uh, excited about getting together and finding out where you guys are as we've been praying together and just seeking God and where you guys are hearing God say uh, there are opportunities for us in the future and as we look for his leading in that. Um, also, uh, he's not here this morning, but I wanted to just uh, put a big thank you out to our uh, pastor emeritus here at Christ Church, um, Pastor Lyle Mook, who was able to share last week. Um, I don't know if you guys know what a gift it is to have such a gracious and um, godly former pastor who remains available uh, to invest and to pour into the life of the church. I know he has the relational kind of uh, uh, capital that has been built up over, over decades, literally. And so to have that opportunity, it was great to have him uh, just be able to share last week. Um, we are gonna continue in our, our dig into the Sermon on the Mount. We've been in there a couple of weeks. We're gonna continue for a few more. Uh, and we are, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is a, a gathering of Jesus' teachings that are found in Matthew 5 through 7, so chapters 5 through 7. And we have been looking at different pieces of that, and if you want to stand with me now, we're going to look at our next passage uh, in Matthew 6, verse 19 through 24. Matthew 6, 19 through 24. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust uh, destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great will the darkness be? No one can serve two masters for either they will hate the one and, and love the other or be devoted to the second and despise the first and you cannot serve God and wealth. Now those sound like three different passages, I know that. We're gonna find that they're actually tied together. Jesus is talking about one thing um, two times in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talks about impaired vision. One is here and one is in the passage we're going to look at next week. And unlike the vision we're gonna be talking about tonight, about the vision for the church, he's, these passages are really getting at the reality that there are things in our lives that can keep us from seeing clearly what it means to walk with Jesus. And because of that, that means there are things in our lives that can keep us from being able to grab hold of that life that God intended for us, that peace, that joy, and specifically, we're gonna be talking about that security, that sense of security that God intended for us to know as we walk with him. And so Jesus is calling us back to that. How many of you guys 
feel like you could use more of a sense of security in your life for you, for your family, for your present, for your future, right? Well, Jesus says, if, if that's so, then we really need to address this important issue, this issue that surrounds loyalty around where we invest our trust so that we might know the peace and experience that security that he has already given us in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Today's message is called a big blind spot. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that um, you sent your son. Thank you that it would have been enough if he would have just come and we would have just watched him live a righteous life and we would have known how far we fall short of that. That would have been, that would have been good enough. But you went beyond that. He showed us that and he called us to it. And he, it would have been enough if he would have lived that life and then he would have just told us what we need to do. That would have been enough. But you went beyond that. It would have been enough if he lived that life, we got to see it. You told us what we needed to do and then you gave us the power to do it. That would have been enough. But Father, there's so much more that came to us through Christ. You wiped our, our debt with you clean because of sacrifice of his life that he was willing to lay down. You, you relieved us of, of the guilt of the places that we had failed, of where we do see that we fall short. You, you said, that's not the point anymore. The point is that, that I've called you to be more than that. And, and you placed on us the name as being your very children. The children of God, the, those who are loved by you, those who are, who are part of your family, who are protected and cared and, and covered by you forever. And God, and then you've poured into us your very life, your very spirit, that we might be the people that you have called us, that you have birthed us, that you have named us to be. Father, Speak to us this morning because your word is life for us. Your word is food. Your word is refreshment and revival. Your word is what we long for. Holy Spirit planted deep within us so that it would change our hearts and our characters and our minds and shape everything about how we live and how we see this world. Come and do the work that only you can do this morning. We pray this for your glory. Father, in your name, Jesus by your power, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> Blind spots. Blind spots are funny things, aren't they? Right? You don't know you have them until something comes along and you have this experience that all of a sudden jolts you into that realization. You know, there's a whole section of this world I wasn't seeing. I just wasn't even seeing it, right? When, when we first moved to, uh, to our home here in Rhode Island, uh, I, I was backing out of our driveway, just you know the way I always have, and and I did that several times, and then but it was about a couple weeks in, and all of a sudden I'm backing out, and I hear somebody just laying on the horn behind me. I look behind me, and all of a sudden there's this car. It's like it appeared out of nowhere, and I thought, man, they must have turned off like a side street or come out of a driveway because I looked and I didn't see anything. And I thought, you know, that must be it. I just kind of missed them this one time, but then it happened again. And it happened again. And I'm thinking, you know, there's something going on. There is a, I don't know why, but something about this driveway, something about the slope or the curve or something about the make of our cars, the design or something about how I'm processing this thing 
I'm missing a whole lot of cars coming down the street. If they come a certain, spe- a certain speed from a certain place, I'm just, I'm not seeing them. And it made me have to change everything about how I even back out of our driveway. That's something I've been doing for years. I didn't think I'd have to relearn that one. But blind spots, you know, we get the physical blind spot thing, right? We all check our blind spots when we're driving on the highway and we have to change lanes. We get that. We all know that we have other kinds of physical blind spots, right? Outside of mothers, the rest of us can't see out of the back of our head, right? So we know we have that blind spot. We know we have blind spots over hills and around corners and through fog. But we also know that we have emotional blind spots, right? We have those things that maybe it's because of some kind of trauma that, that happened in our past that we just, we, there are certain things we just don't see right or we just, they're tweaked for us and we know that. We know that there are educational blind spots where if we missed like something, some kind of a gap in our training, there are just things we don't know, we, don't, we can't put together. But Jesus says to us here, you know, there are also these spiritual blind spots as well. And they happen often when we believe misinformation or we believe sometimes even just flat out lies about certain things in our lives. And we believe that they'll bring happiness or we believe that they'll bring comfort or security or joy. And then we put our trust in those things. We give our loyalty to those things as if they can ultimately bring this around. And what we find is they can't, so they fail us. We put our trust in these untrustworthy things, find that they fail us, and find that not only did they not bring the good things that we had hoped for, but in fact, sometimes they can even bring harm to us. They can bring harm to us and bring harm to others, because that's what blind spots can do. The blind spots specifically that Jesus is addressing here in Matthew 6 Sounds like there are three different sections, but all of this goes together. He's talking about this blind spot of how we trust money, how we trust wealth, how we trust the stuff of this world to bring us security, to bring us fulfillment, to bring us meaning. Now, a lot of times when we hear things like this, or even when we read this and we read through the, the scripture and we go, well, I've read that, I get it, right? And we go, I don't do that. I, don't, I trust Jesus. I don't, I don't trust in you know, material stuff because I've, I've even memorized these verses. I know better than that. But I want us to take a quick survey of our lives. I want to ask some questions and just have us answer in our head. When you hit a challenge in your life, Do you first turn to Jesus to find out what he might be saying or where he might be leading you through those circumstances? Or is your first impulse, your immediate impulse, to find the money or the stuff that will fix your problem? And you can know this by the prayer that you first pray because as your prayer, Jesus, what are you doing here? What are you teaching me? What am I supposed to learn in this? Or is it, Jesus, I need the money and the stuff to fix my problem? When you see the lives of others and the challenges that they face, when you think about their success or their security issues, do you primarily look at them in terms of the money or the stuff that they either have or they don't have? When you pray about, when you think about how you you might address those issues, is it about getting the money and the stuff that they need for their lives? Another side of this is, do do you have issues 
giving your money or your possessions away because when you do, you feel like you're giving away your very security. The last one is this. Are there times that you even evaluate your own worth and your impact in this world based on the money, the possessions, or the power that you either have or you have access to? Because Jesus said, if that is true, if those things are true about your life, then it's a blind spot. It's a blind spot where you're trusting, you're placing your trust in the things of this world. You're putting your trust in places that ultimately are not going to be helpful, that is not going to bring you what you hope. You have believed misinformation, even a lie about what these things can bring. Our passage in Matthew 6 today, Jesus, Jesus begins and he, he gives us this warning about why these things are untrustworthy is the nature of, of what they are, the nature of kind of what makes them up. So in Matthew 6, 19, he said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And what he's saying is, you know, the wealth and, the, and stuff of this world is, is fickle, right? It's fragile and it's fleeting. So it doesn't matter. It's gonna go away quickly. It's gonna crumble quickly. If people don't take it away from you, time will, right? So you spend your whole life and you, you work hard and you store up and you save up for retirement. And by the time you get there, the prices have gone up so much and the cost of living has shot up so high, you get there and you say, I'm not sure I have enough. I'm just hoping I can make it through. Or maybe you invest in a, a new home or a new car or some new possession and all it takes is a fire or all it takes is a break-in or all it takes is backing out of your driveway into your blind spot, right? Or all it takes is an illness or all it takes is a job loss and you've lost it all. Or maybe you, you take all your clothes and you take your cash and you take all your collectibles and stuff and you jam them in a box and you bury them in the backyard so that you can get at them when you need them. But by the time you pull them out, the clothes are rotted and they're out of style, right? And your cash has been reduced to dust and then your collectibles, nobody wants them anymore. How many of you guys got your grandmother's china set, right? How many of you guys got their silverware and you're going, well, silver, at least it's silver, right? And we think of those things and they just go out because the problem of trusting in the things of this world is that the security that they are even able to provide their ability to actually help us out in this thing is so, it passes so quickly and their value descends so rapidly that we have to keep, keep collecting more. We have to prop up their ability to help us out, right? And we call these our treasures. And then Jesus rightly says, and where your treasure is, there's your heart, there's your loyalty. He says, and that becomes a blind spot that will keep you from knowing the life and the peace and the security and the grace and the joy that God intended for us in this life. That God meant for us and that God gave to us in Christ. Well, the passage began with talking about then the nature of these things. The passage ends with Jesus saying, you know, I have to give you a warning also about the character of these things that you're putting your trust in. So Matthew 6, 24, he says, no one can serve two masters for either they will love the one and hate the other or they will be devoted to the second and hate the first. And you can't serve God and wealth. You can't serve both of these. So Jesus is saying that God and wealth 
are, are like two masters. And it's not a matter of whether you, whether you want to serve one. We're all going to serve one or the other. It's just which one are you going to serve? He says, and you can't serve both. So what's the difference between these two? Well, he says, wealth, wealth is this taskmaster. Wealth drives you. It will continue to drive you all your life. You will never have enough, but you will believe that if you just had a little bit more, that that would do it for you. And you'll keep pursuing that. And it's not just for you. You'll pursue it for yourself and for those around you. And you'll believe that that's where the fix for this world would be found. If you just had a little bit more, if you had enough wealth for enough people around the world, that would fix everything. But you'll never be able to attain it. God, on the other hand, God has told us, you know what? I have already given you everything you need for life and godliness. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I've already given it to you. So our life isn't one of, in Christ is not one of pursuing things that we don't have, hoping that we can attain them. Instead, it's, it's a life of discovering the things that God knew that we needed, so he's already given them to us. So he says that he calls us into a life of, of confidence, a life of, of already knowing that we're provided for. His provision is there. His peace is there. His grace is there. And he says, you can't serve both of those at the same time. You can't relentlessly pursue something you don't have and still rest in the provision that's been given us in Jesus. Second, he said, you know, like we saw earlier, our wealth breaks down in this world. And so the more you collect, the more it breaks down and the more it lets you down. And so our lives in pursuing wealth are filled with then instability and insecurity and anxiety. It drives us to distrust. It drives us to be jealous of others who seem to have more than we have. At times it drives us to do even engage in violent activities to obtain what we think we need to have and to hold on to it. God, on the other hand, leads us to a place security where he says, you know what? The riches of heaven are enough because they won't be destroyed. In our verses today, it says moths can't break them down. People can't steal them from us. You say, well, what are these riches of heaven? Things like mercy, things like grace, things like peace or joy. There are these things that come from God and they are his to give. And he's given them to us in their fullness. And he says, these are and things like grace towards other people, faithfulness towards others, gentleness, kindness, generosity, these are the new currency of heaven. Money and wealth become these, these tools that if God makes them available to, to us, we can use them. But for these other things, they become tools by which we invest in the things of heaven. They're not necessary because God says he's enough. You can't serve both of those at the same time. You can't pursue a life of anxiety and fear at the same time as you're pursuing a life that you know is, is full and full of provision. So how do we live this kind of life out? How do we pursue the life that Jesus is, is presenting here and not life of serving Jesus, not chasing after the wealth of this world? Last week, Pastor Lyle, I thought there was one point that really stood out in the message that he shared where he brought up this word. I mean, it was a great message. The whole thing stood out. But there was one point that raised up as I was thinking about this this week. And he said, there's a word that we need to reclaim. He said, it's the word beholding. 
Because he said, you know, there's a difference between seeing and beholding. Beholding isn't where you just take in an image with your eyeballs and it, you know, zaps through your optic nerve and, you know, writes an image or signals on your brain. It's, it's more than that. Beholding is when you're looking at it and you're seeing uh, beyond just the physical nature of it. You're seeing God in it. You're seeing God at work in a moment or in a person or in an opportunity. And so it's like the opposite of what blind spot is, right? A blind spot is where you're not seeing everything that's there. Beholding is where you're actually seeing far more than appears to be there because you're seeing God in the midst of it. When we were in Jacksonville this last week, Pastor Cheryl and I were walking back from lunch and we're kind of heading through. We saw it on the way down there to this uh, restaurant we went to, but the way back, we kind of noticed it's kind of a sketchy area that we had to walk through a little bit. You know, so you saw the graffiti and you saw the barbed wire on the fences and you saw all the, you know, empty buildings around and you're going, okay, you know, we can do this. And we walked through, but on the way back, we noticed there was somebody that was kind of behind us and we're going, okay. And we took some turns and they took the same turns. In fact, they seemed to be following, uh, intending on catching up. <laughs> we're going, okay, see where this goes. And then they finally caught up and we, you know, we heard them inter you know, engage with uh, someone else as we were passing by. And finally, this guy comes up and he says, hey, uh, do you have change for a five? I need some money because uh, I need to take the bus to get home. And you look at this guy and he's, he has this handful of just kind of random change. He's kind of fidgeting and you're looking at him going, I'm, I'm not sure you have a five, you know, that you want change. And uh, you're looking at him too and you're going, I'm not sure that you have a home that you're really trying to get to because I'm pretty sure all his, all his belongings were in his backpack and uh, not that big of a backpack. But in that moment, I felt like God was saying this thing that Pastor Lyle was getting at last week. I felt like God was calling me to behold him and to behold that moment. And I felt like God said to me, he said, you know, you don't have five ones, but you have three. And he doesn't need five ones. He really needs me. And so I took out the three dollars. I said, here, these are for you. Because at that point they were. God <laughs> said they were his, they're his. And he looked at me and he had, he finally, he asked me, he said, so why, why, why would you do that? Why are you doing this? I said, and I, in those moments where God gives you just the right words, I could have planned this out and I want to know. And I, a lot of times it's like, you know, you're down the street and you go, I, what I should have said. But in those moments where God gives you those words and he said, these were the words I just felt like God in that moment wanted to speak into this man's life. I said, you know, many times God has provided for me. This is God providing for you. Let him provide for you. And his eyes filled up with tears because in that moment, it had nothing to do with the money. It had everything to do with him seeing that God still loved him and still saw him. And it came in the form of $3. You know, what was funny was that on that same walk, we go another like quarter mile and, um, and we run into another young man and he's on this bridge with his bicycle. And as I'm walking up there, and, and Pastor Cheryl told me later, she said, you know, both of us saw it. It's like, oh, here we go again. You know, here we go again. And we come up to this young man, but this time it didn't involve any money. 
This time it was a prayer. Because as, as I, again, asking to behold the moment, behold this person, behold everything that you have, all your resources, listen to what God wants to do here. And what he needed was a prayer. So again, I felt myself praying those words that I believed God wanted to speak into this young man's heart. And when I got done, his eyes were filled with tears. And he looked at me and he said, you have the spirit of my mother. And I'm like, I said, I don't have the spirit of your mother. I got the sense his mom had passed away. I said, but I do have the spirit of Jesus and I get the sense that your mom knew Jesus. And he said, yeah. He said, and he was talking about us, about how hard this was, this place he was in was new and he didn't have family and he was trying to navigate it. And again, where were the tears coming from? Were they because of, he could have used money. You know he needed it. But in that moment, that's not what God was calling me to do. Instead, he needed Jesus. If I would have been serving money in those moments, I would have given him money. Or I wouldn't have. Because I would have been afraid that if I gave it to them, I would be losing my security. That's the blind spot. But instead, I was able to serve Jesus. I was able to, one time with cash, one time without it. And God was able to give to both of those young men what they needed because God was able to give himself. You guys, that's the life that God calls us into. And that's the warning that Jesus is giving us, that we will be blind if we think that everything in this world has to do with the material stuff that we can somehow garnish for ourselves or for others or for this world. So how do we do that? How can we live that life? First, we need to get our eyes off of what we think that we know about what we need and about what everyone else needs. We need to get our eyes off of that and start beholding the life that God has put in front of us. Start seeing where God is in it and where he's leading us and what he's calling us to be and to do. Second thing is we need to become experts as doing the business of heaven rather than just the business of earth. We need to become experts in the transactions that involve the riches, the treasures of heaven rather than the, just the treasures of this world. You know, people don't need more money. They just don't. I don't. We, don't. we don't need more money and we don't need more stuff. We do need more Jesus. We do need more reminders of this God who loves us, who, who relentlessly pursues us, who patiently calls to us, who faithfully provides and comes alongside to comfort and to love us. Third, we need to listen only and look only to Jesus and listen only for his voice. You know, when the world says to worry, we need to trust, right? When this world says that we don't have enough, we need to remember that we have been given everything that we need for life and godliness. When, when this world says that through its passing treasures that some kind of, somehow it can fix our broken lives, we need to remember. 
We need to remember that Jesus, Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only anchor for our souls. Jesus is the only one that God has provided and God has said that he is enough. And that God will provide. The other stuff is easy for God. You know, the riches of heaven, those are the riches. The other stuff is just like extra. You guys, that's where our security is found. So the question I asked at the beginning, how many of you guys could use more security? That sense of security in your life for you, for your family, for your present, for your future. Well, Jesus says, ends up, money won't get you there. Wealth won't get us there. We could amass more and more and it would be less and less. It will be a big blind spot for us that keeps us from actually finding the life that God has already given us, the security that God has already given us in Christ. So Jesus said, remember then, the lamp is the eye to the body. So if the eye is clear, and that word clear, it means single, it means focus, it means intent on the one thing, not distracted or double vision blurred by two. If the eye is clear, then the whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, if it's broken, if it's distracted, if it's clouded, if it has these blind spots, then your whole body will be full of darkness. He says, so if the light that's coming in, the stuff coming in through your eye turns out to be darkness, imagine how dark the darkness can get then. So again, I, I feel like, you know, just like God in Deuteronomy, he said, you know, you have put before you death, I put before you life, choose life. Jesus here is saying, I've put before you, there's darkness or there's light, choose light, choose him, amen.